to Serviced Accommodation Secrets with me, Sally Kemba. This is the podcast where you get the -the on-the-ground experience that we're living and breathing with our serviced accommodation units. So you get to share our hacks and tips, our mistakes, so you can learn from those and thrive on our success. So welcome everybody to this episode of Serviced Accommodation Secrets. And very excitingly, I have Tracy Northcott with me today, and you're all going to hear about this international best-selling author and and co-author of Hospitable Hosts. And yep, there we go. So on the video, we had the book there. But yeah, so Tracy is based in Japan. And so it would be wonderful to hear about how you ever got started in short-term rentals quite a while ago, wasn't it, Tracy? Yeah. Hi, Sally. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here today. Well, today, your time, tonight, my time. Um, so, yeah, I've been been in short-term rentals for 10 years um, and I kind of started by accident. Um, and, and then, you know, I just was doing what I was doing and very siloed in my little world here in Japan. And it, it hasn't really been since until it wasn't really until the pandemic hit that I really started to, you know, to, to broaden my, you know, network with, um, with people like yourself. It's been such a, it's been a gift of the, of the pandemic for, to, to reach, um, to reach other hosts around the world and, you know, share our knowledge and share our value and, and, um, and helping, helping each other. So been great it's huge isn't it that I think it's partly the pandemic but also things like clubhouse and you know we I think hosts do just connect and really love to get on and inspire and and help each other support Mm -hmm. each other don't they so but you were in Japan and um accidentally became a host then (laughs) well I needed somewhere so because I had a baby and uh in 2010 and I was getting lots of visitors lots of visitors were coming in and I was just like oh god I you know there's only so long that they can sort of sleep on your living room floor um, and you know, I'm up all night with this kid. I was like, all right, I need to find a solution here. And Airbnb was just sort of kicking off. Um, and we'd been on a holiday ourselves and recognized that, oh, okay, this is a really, this is a game changer. Being able to rent a whole house where we could live, um, not just be a, you know, even if you're only living for, you know, a couple of, couple of, you know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks you're still living like a local um, mm. and it's such a different experience from a hotel. And, um, you know, sometimes you want a hotel, but then sometimes when you're with a family, when you're with, the, when you're with your family, you want to all be able to hang out together and eat meals together. And, um, and so that's, my life was changed when I went and stayed in my first Airbnb in Korea, actually. Brilliant. Um, yeah. So, yeah. We all met up. We all, like I came from Japan and my parents came from Australia and, my brother also lives in Japan. So we all took our families and we all met in, in Korea and it was great just to be able to hang out um, with each other. So yeah. I thought, well, that's a good idea. I can do that <laughs> back in Tokyo. Um, I've always had a love of real estate. So um, I just rented another second small apartment and uh, thought, well, you know, I'll do it. If, if I can get, if I can break even, that's, that's a happy day. Fantastic. And I'm guessing you did. <laughs> 
I think I broke even within the first like within the first three bookings it was like <laughs> what happened there you know um yeah it really took me by surprise I mean in those days there wasn't that many there wasn't that many places that you could rent um in Tokyo and there was a massive boom of uh inbound tourists and uh and you know Japanese hotels are traditionally kind of small and stinky and and uh you know not very not very tourist friendly so right just, yeah so we just fit into a really we fit into a you know a big need in the market and okay. uh yeah and in 2012 all the early adopters were you know all the hipsters coming in from uh from the us and yeah. uh um yeah lots of families coming in from different like different parts of the world so it was just a right place right time oh and it's perfect isn't it because as you say if you're cramped in a hotel you have to get loads of rooms booked it really runs away with your money and you don't have anywhere to kind of hang out as you say yeah that's right and if you you know if your kid wants a nap like you know you've all got to you've got to be you know tiptoeing around because hotel room you know there's not a lot of like quiet areas um and my dad you know he's getting he's getting on a bit he needs a nap every day too so uh, you know and you can't really do that in a regular hotel room mm. and uh our oh, restaurants kids 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 hate restaurants they're awful for kids um you know um and other people don't like your kids in a restaurant so it just makes sense just to you know keep them all contained in the one room in the one building mm. yeah it's brilliant it works so well I'm sure so this kind of took off for you and um so then what did you do were you doing everything yourself and what happened next yeah so it just it's I, I was doing it myself and and I was using my my own cleaner my own the 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 woman that was cleaning my own house and um and uh just subcontracted to her to 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 help clean i mean i was cleaning as well and i think it's important for every host to do every job uh, just so that you understand it and then recognize where your strengths are and where you're best outsourcing to so yeah um yeah. you know i've done every every different job within the business mm. um and and i figured out what you know where my time is best spent yeah um but yeah you know the first one happened and then i thought well okay this was a small studio um i'm getting a lot of inquiries for bigger groups so i rented mm. another place and so that was a two bedroom um and then that was full and so i rented another one and then my brother and my husband started seeing all this extra money that i was making <laughs> you know, what are you doing there <laughs> they can, go we <laughs> can we get a bit of this and so uh. I work with my brother in in my other in my other job. I work with my brother where we're software engineers. And um, oh, wow, yeah. So he then took some because and we own the company, right? So we took some company money and invested mm -hmm. in his corporate rentals. Um, and we started renting houses after that. Um, right. Really felt that that was the best return on time and resources mm -hmm. was having the larger houses um and uh yeah it's just at one point we had we had so many we were just grabbing anything we could yeah. um but uh, but it really took um took us to sit down and go okay well what 
what rooms are really the best performers for us? Yeah. Which ones do we like? What are the ones that are in the best areas and what do guests like? So we then, mm. we then contracted, believe it or not, okay. um, and focused and focused really on the, the guests that we really wanted to host, the guests that we felt that we served the best, sure. um, that we could obviously maximise the profit from the amount of work that we were doing. And the smaller places, like the small studios and the one bedrooms, we just sort of let them go. Yeah. Um, and we just started focusing on large single family homes from then on. Awesome. And so with the software engineer skills of yourself and your brother, did you create systems with those? Or? Absolutely. Anytime yeah. you do a job more than one time, you need a system for it. So, yeah. Um, and in those days, there were no kind of automation tools. Like there was... There was nothing. There was there was no YouTube videos to teach you oh, how gosh, to do yeah. things, and um, and I was really just focused on Japan anyway. So I was mm -hmm. just little focused on my own little business. So um, I created you know frequently asked questions. So anytime I answered a question once, I I wrote it rewrote it into nice language, and then I was able to then use that as a copy and paste. And then when automation tools came out, I was able to then to automate the, the communications. Brilliant. Um, because it's, you know, your relationship with a guest does form in a standard arc, right? So, yeah. you know, you can, you can really plot the communication needs at each step of that relationship. Yeah. So that's your standard automation mm -hmm. and that frees up your time and your headspace for for giving those extra you know those extra communications and, ha yeah. and helping with the unusual questions and then you know you, you know because you, you're not frazzled just running around doing the, the same stuff all the no. time you've got yeah. you, you know you, you're able to give the the best service you can so mm. um, I, I'm a big believer in automation because then it leaves it, but because it leaves you to be able to give personal service when it's you know when it's best needed mm. yeah that's so true isn't it because it's the balance and some companies they maybe get a bit too automated and don't really follow up with the <laughs> extra service part but I think that's really key isn't it and with any automation I think it's it's trying to still be personable isn't it in our industry but yeah. um yeah, as you say, it can take so much time. So really useful that you did that. I'm sure that helped you enormously. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And um, at, when the, you know, when the real automation systems came out, I went, oh, isn't this great? Was, yeah. I'd sort of been cobbling together my own kind of system. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I built my own website um, before, <laughs> you know, before, um, before you could build your, before you could sort of get a white label Oh wow! Um, yeah, I built my own system. Very good, very good. So, could people actually book on there as well? Yes, yes. Um, I've I've actually moved now to a you know to a white label. Um, yeah. because who wants to again? Who wants to do the, all the maintenance and look after all of the <laughs> credit card stuff? So yeah, you know, I've, I've got an automated. I've got a um uh, an out of the box out of the box website now Brilliant. with my yeah. with my own domain so I do all my own sort of you know search engine optimization and I do all the google like the google business stuff and so to 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 get organic search but yeah. um yeah there's not a lot of and to be honest there's not a lot of organic search but um mm -hmm. it's more of a place when when you start to get word of mouth and you start to build those 
relationships that people can come and see that you're a real live company yes exactly exactly so they will come direct to you and they trust you so that's awesome so this was all ticking along really well um and you had a bit of a plan going didn't you and then the olympics were due to happen so would you like to share a little bit about what happened in regard to so when the olympics were announced or when we you know the olympics have been announced for a little while and when all the venues started to be announced i looked at where our places were and we were like okay well we've got some pretty convenient locations so let's actually you know if we're going to be doing this seriously let's really do it let's mm. uh let's um let's make a plan let's make a five-year plan and let's um you know let's strategically be taking houses that are going to meet the needs of of a of an olympic visitor Um, and i was really trying to target athletes families or supporters families so that they could book for you know a month and really sort of settle in and be able to be able to relax and and um you know we didn't really want the whole in and out during you know during what we expected to be a very very busy time so Mm. we had all this in plan and 20 and at the end of 2019 I was fully booked fully booked all my places and you had loads of properties had loads of properties and and I was also um I was I'd also taken on a number of properties that were specifically for the Olympics time so these are not properties that I would normally rent uh or normally manage for um for regular tourists or or other short-term guests Mm. um so these were people who lived in Japan, but were planning to be out of town for the Olympics, like, you know, because it was summer, yeah. um, a lot of expats sort of do head back to, you know, Europe or America for, for three months. Mm-hmm. And I was actively getting a number of units for just that purpose and uh, to do a profit share with them, with the yeah. owners. Yeah. Because I was fully booked on all of my places and I was, I had a waiting list. So it was amazing was crazy <laughs> so that was all looking good but then all fab yes mm. and yeah we, 2000... we were licensed we were licensed um you know yeah. licensing came in in 2018 okay um, the regulations came in so we you know we put on our big girl pants and and got licensed and yeah. and uh got our property management license as well as our hotel license and awesome. also short-term rental licenses so um had all of those in place had all the systems cleaners paying payroll taxes you know being a legitimate legitimate business so that was you know that was making over seven figures um revenue Um, and uh that was pretty cool to to know that i'd built that from nothing yeah well done congratulations yeah that was pretty cool yeah and and then the beginning of um so uh, being in Japan, so the like when the when 2020 started, it was like, oh, this is going to be our year. This is, you know, we're going to get paid. You know, we're going to like everything was fully booked. It was like, yes, this is going to be great. Um, and then we started to get our first cancellations at Chinese New Year, which was end of January um, right. 2020. And uh, this is when the, whole, the rest of the world was going. Oh, there's something happening in China. Oh, that sounds sad. <laughs> I'm oh, sure it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. Oh, those poor Chinese. You know, you know, first it was SARS and then it was swine flu. Oh, this, you know, again, it's these poor Chinese one. folks. Mm. Another one. Well, 
Um, uh, so by by the end of so then the the Tokyo Marathon at the end of February was completely cancelled. And was just, oh. I thought it was a bit overkill. I was like, what's you know this is nothing. What's the problem? Yeah. And then March, <laughs> which yeah. was a bloodbath. It was an absolute. It was a, yeah. Can I swear? It was a show. Yeah. Right. Bless you. I'm sure it was. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I sat on the floor for three weeks. Um, turned off my phone because it was just giving. It was giving making me twitchy. Um, because it just went ding, ding, ding all day. It was yeah. just yeah. Within three weeks, I saw about one point five million dollars in revenue that had already in the can, already booked, already you know promised. Yeah. Just go out to sea. It was yeah. gone. It was all gone. the cancellations. <clears throat> that's just so tough and just really sad isn't it that you had all that ready but I guess you're still here so you figured a way out well, of that. yeah yeah but I mean at the time it was it was frightening because yeah you know I we built we built our own house and you know we still had a pretty we still have a pretty hefty mortgage on it so yeah. we built our own house and you know I've got staff members yeah um, who have families and um and I'm a small business owner and it was just it was really hard just to see your projected cash flow just go from fully booked to zero um yeah. in in a very short period of time and and you know I thought all these things am I going to have to are we going to have to sell the house what are we going to do are we still going to live in Japan do we yeah. you know and meanwhile the our our son was at home because of course homeschooling yeah. um there's this disease that no one knows about are we all going to get sick and die yeah um, was, yeah real yeah. worry obviously of great fear yeah mm. and so it was a lot it was a lot mm. so um um it, it it was a real shock to I mean I don't wish it on anyone I I literally had P PTSD I had to get therapy and and uh, all the rest of it because it was I really did have PTSD it was not, I'm not good. surprised yeah do not do not wish it on anybody I don't want it to be a pity party either but it was no. uh, but I also want to tell the truth it was it was hard it was especially, the, hard, the hardest thing I've had, ever had to do yeah oh bless you but I mean especially as well because you had staff as you say so did you sit down with your brother and your husband and just kind of work out your strategy of of recovering and managing it all it wasn't very elegant it wasn't yeah. very elegant at all because you know we're all in the you know all in this like crazy time um yeah. and yeah it, it wasn't very elegant on my part and I've since apologized to my staff um Aww. and it it wasn't good it wasn't good um mm -hmm. but we you know, speaking to my parents, um, you know, my parents are amazing, absolutely amazing. They, because, you know, we said, oh, do we have to sell the house? And because I've got sort of savings and shares and what have yeah. you in Australia. And I knew that I knew what runway I had, like I yeah. still have, right? That I could, yeah. you know, mum basically, my parents basically said, look, whatever happens, you do not have to sell the house. Like, you know, so mm. um, I feel very blessed that um, I come from such, you know, um, my parents were so, so smart when, when they were investing so that they, they, they're very comfortable. But, Brilliant. you know, so um, I, I am extremely grateful to have that 
you know, to have that pressure, that that level of pressure gone. Yeah. So, um, so that eased so, yeah. a little bit. And then, mm-hmm. so did you um, have, I guess, the owners of the houses that you were going to rent out must have come back anyway? Yeah, so, uh, well, they were still here. They hadn't. So um, there were a number of houses that we were renting um, specifically just for for the Olympics that we were going to be giving back after the Olympics. So these were normal, like, rent-to-rent, rental arbitrage houses, but their contracts were going to expire on November or October of 2020. And then when it, because I don't know, you remember that time, Sally, it was just like every week was like, what is happening? Is it going to be over by June? Are we going to have the Olympics? It's like no one knew anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So so it, it was about March, April that we went, well, okay, the Olympics are going to be cancelled. So we started then picking them off one by one. Okay, mm. this house has to go. So then we handed it, that house back. This house has to go. So like it felt like every week we were shutting down a house. Yeah, um, must have been. Yeah, and selling furniture or putting it into storage. And, and it, it just felt like every week. And it was just like, well, which ones are going to survive? Which ones mm-hmm. do we, you know? Because then we had to, because we were, there was a whole bunch of even though we'd lost all those bookings from mm. inbound tourists yeah um there were japanese families returning right coming coming back and so that's who that's who was staying in our places then yeah so we had to pivot from tourists to uh to looking after japanese families who yeah. were who were again hunkering down here yeah home and hunkering down um so that was our first pivot um but obviously you know midterm stays is just not the same you know it's not the same like margins that you do have with the short-term rent so Mm. but you do what you do right yeah it was definitely a time to adapt and change Mm. and support each other and and really actually I think because short-term rentals are so flexible for and for things like quarantine and everything, they were really useful for people to have, yeah. weren't they, during that time? Yeah. So yeah, it was just like trying to keep up and and staying alive, wasn't it? Really, as a business, so yeah, yeah. And it was like, which ones do we? Which ones do we want to be? Like, let's take the Olympics out of the equation. Mm-hmm. on a normal year which are the ones that we want to keep which are the ones that we want to have long term so um yeah we had to make some tough choices and um uh yeah but we did it and uh awesome. looking back though if, I, I don't know sometimes i think it's now what two and a half years later mm. would i have made a different choice if i'd known it would have been two and a half years i don't know maybe i would have mm. I mean, we're coming back now. The borders are still closed, yeah. technically. Um, but I was able to, you know, obviously tap into this domestic market, also tap into relocations and, and yeah. really, really foster some good relationships um, yeah. and work those to, to, to fill up what we had. And also, um, you know, staycations were a little bit of a thing, but because we're in the city rather than being in the country, um, yeah. If we had a beach house, that would have just been booked the whole time, I think. Right, yeah, sure. Yeah, but people are avoiding cities. 
which is understandable i mean it's the same in the uk to be honest so we had a lot of contractors and workers well and for a certain time that's the only way you're allowed to stay open um in the uk and then come the summer when things loosen up a bit everywhere on the coasts the beautiful beaches they were rammed yeah. <laughs> um but yeah we're, we're near the cities too so but i think it was actually as you say a time of fostering relationships really getting to know people in the area and helping out where you can so actually it was probably really valuable in that way because um having chatted to you already that's part of what's really important to you isn't it giving back yeah but, and i just think you know just with our little little local area we, you know we can really positively influence our, you know everyone in our by, by supporting each other and helping each other out and and having that kind of you know goodwill already that i'd been working on in our local community and with my little network and and uh that came back so yes. um that investment that i just did naturally because it was important to me that i yeah. that i that i had built good relationships that then came back yeah um and uh paid dividends so um, it's a life lesson that I hope to teach my son in that, you know, looking out for other people, even when there's no need to, mm. um, you, you never know because. Yeah. Uh, mm, it's like it, the flow of energy, isn't it? Paying it forward and, and right. you just, yeah, if you can help people, you, you can. And I think, was it the COVID lockdowns that maybe got you to reach out globally to other hosts and you know on Clubhouse and because you do consulting and help other hosts don't you? Yeah well I actually had started my consulting business locally in 2019 right. in 2018 2019 so um, I was helping um, I was helping Japanese hosts understand the needs of an inbound tourist right so right. Um, and, you know, Japanese people are very quite, quite shy. Um, they're very shy, bless them. And and they wanted to do a good job, but didn't have necessarily have the the they hadn't. You know, Japan's really quite cut off. You don't people Japanese people tend to move in groups in packs, and and, and don't tend to <laughs> don't tend to mix. So there's there's a lot of there was a lot of insecurity about like what do I need to make sure that get that. That tourists, that Westerners um, are happy. So, I was, you know, going around and as a consulting business, helping set up places. Um, uh, so, I mean, just things that I knew to be, you know, necessary was not was not automatic for my clients. Right. Because um, you know, Japanese Japanese people don't tend to have coffee cups in their house, for example. Okay. Or, you know, it's teacups it's but yeah. it's not teacups with a not with a handle it's the 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 teacups that are just like um like a mug without mm -hmm. a handle sure. and um because that's just traditionally and what happens and a lot of people don't have knives and forks in their house no all everyone had everyone uses chopsticks so <laughs> Not everybody can use chopsticks, can they? <laughs> exactly. So it was just those little tweaks. It was like, well, you know, obviously you want to give an authentic experience to your guests, right? That's what they're paying you for. But you also just, you know, have some some little some little tweaks, but that will make the landing a little bit softer. Um, mm. And uh, you know, 
so that that's what I was that's what I was helping local Japanese people with and then the pandemic hit and I thought oh god I've got to do something so I started blogging I started writing um and that was very cathartic for me Mm. so um I started pouring out all of like my hospitality like uh values and tips and tricks and and um you know what what I felt was sort of really important to run a run a really good hospitality business so I just started writing 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 Mm. so um whether anyone reads it or whether what anyone's reading I don't know um and then um uh, but you know being being able to connect with hosts all over the world yeah um, and in places that weren't necessarily affected by like borders being shut so mm. most of my clients were in North America because they oh. were booming. They had the biggest year of their life in 2021. Yeah, so I was, I was a lot of new people getting into the industry as well and like going, oh, what do I do? So it's like, well, I can <laughs> I you can't help local, Yeah, like I couldn't help people with local laws. I can't help people with their, with their account, like, uh, you know, with their taxes and what have you. I can't do that, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how to, you know, give a great experience and how to, you know, how to really understand your business so that you can really maximise your profits. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, that's really key, isn't it? And, and, you know, it's awesome that you were able to share that because you've obviously got so much experience already by this time. And so that's fantastic. And so you managed to um, help these hosts. And so how did you connect with other hosts like and um, Jodie, sterling who created hospitable house you know she was the visionary or is the visionary who created this amazing book so how did you find out about it yeah it's all clubhouse so i was sort of very early on in the club like in the clubhouse club you know you know we're all locked inside we're all you know <laughs> uh, so what are we doing and you know we don't want to be on zoom every day so it was nice just to have the the clubhouse going and and i just found like it was like you know, I started jumping into rooms and it was like, people were asking questions. And it's like, well, I can answer that. So I would, you know, try to offer value. And that's how, um, and Julie, George, actually, um, you know, I was in a room and I'd, I'd actually given some uh, feedback for somebody trying to help them, trying to answer their question. Um, yeah. And then she contacted me offline and we had a little Zoom call and she just said, just want to make sure you are who you say you are, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, because there's a lot of people who talk a big game, right? They, yeah. um, they, you know, they say, "Look, I'm, I'm a, I had, a, I earn a million dollars in 15 minutes by doing rental arbitrage." <laughs> there's, yeah. a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of people who are standing in front of rented Lamborghinis, pretending to be a guru if you buy their course, for example. So yeah, oh god, I know, right? So she just wanted, to, <laughs> she just wanted to, you know, in her curiosity just wanted to know who was what in the and because I was a I was a rare bird given that you know I'm in Japan and I'm an Australian so and we just hit it off immediately so awesome wonderful and so did you uh hear Jodie speak about the book on Clubhouse or did Julie introduce you Julie Julie was the first person I think she was one of the first people to sign on for it um Mm -hmm. And then um, I put up my hand because, you know, I want to be in the room with all the cool kids. So <laughs> like, like, I don't wait for an invitation. I invite myself. <laughs> like, pick me. Can I come? Can I play? So, um, 
so that's oh, right. and uh so I, I was fairly early in that in that um too so and also I had a ton of I had a ton of content on my blog right so I'd already yeah. written a whole bunch so I was able to you know just whip off my chapter pretty pretty easily so well, that's that's really really amazing and exciting that you know you've come from this experience that was really distressing and then you've helped loads of people and then you made all these global contacts and I think hosts do naturally want to support others and inspire people and I know you've got a, a book that you're writing as well haven't you? Yeah, I'm working on my own book project, a solo book project, um, because I'm I'm really curious, like fascinated by, uh, again, how people how people work in their own communities and how people give back in their own communities and yeah. the benefits of that. Um, I think there's a lot of there are a lot of business books out for short term rental. Um, which and there I've read them all and they're all fantastic there's something to be gained from from everyone but I just yeah. felt there was something missing um, in that uh, in those business books about you know giving giving yourself as a host like um, how the value that you that you get from hosting is 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 more than the money that you receive I mean the money is fantastic don't get me wrong but um, but you know when you have a business like this, it's it's more than the money. It's the it's the lifestyle. It's the you know giving financial freedom to your family, but it's it's also the connections that you make with your communities and with your guests, and yeah. um, and that's a really special thing. And I wanted to, um, you know, I, I wanted to give you know give that sort of depth to people who um, who wanted to uh, who wanted more than just the hard cold business. Who wanted yeah. The, you know who, who wanted the warm and fuzzies so mm. well it yeah. is all about people and you know helping your guests and you know making sure they're okay and as you say we're very much part of each community that we're in aren't we because we um, have trades working for us or vendors depending on what part of the world you're in and you know all of the people that are needed to keep your business going as well and very much coming from that place of service so it's huge mm. I totally agree um so it's brilliant that you're writing that book so you have to let us all know when it's sure. done now that you're yeah. you know an international best-selling author <laughs> For the first time. no I mean but I also wanted to show how you know like almost give a sort of a playbook on how you can you as a small business owner can help other small business owners and yeah. you know give some ideas on on ways in which you can collaborate and and highlight some case studies of people of hosts that have done some amazing things so I've got some case studies coming up there's there's one particular host in India who he get he and his guests go to the local um, old people's home and sing songs wow. um, which feeds the soul right yes. which is beautiful which provides memories and he's also you know making the people in the old people's home happy and and giving them you know that that uh, that gift of of um contact with people mm. that they may not have you know like with non-indians like you know with people yeah. who are you may not come across on it on a daily basis so just you know i don't want to get too cheesy about it but you know anytime that you can forge a connection and understanding between people that may not cross each other's paths i think that's only 
good for humanity. Um, mm. Like I said, I don't think it's changing the world or anything, but at least we, you know, I feel like, you know, in our little communities, um, we can have an impact and make people's people a bit happier. And um, and if we can all do that in, in our own little way, um, then that's just, you know, it's it's a life well lived, I think. For, I sleep well at night. I sleep well at night. I, I, I help people in my community and, and my guests have great memories of, the, of, their, of their trips to Japan and I've helped them with that. So that's, you know, it's like, that's nice. That's nice. It's huge, I think. You know, it's people's yeah. well-being and that's a beautiful experience. Yeah. Um, you know, the singing, it's just lovely. And I've, I've got a ton of other, I've got a ton of other like uh, case studies of, of, um, of, you know, heartwarming stories of, of what other hosts are doing um, in their yeah. local areas. And it's like, you know, you've got your story about, you know, helping, um, helping that family who, who were needing respite when, mm. when, you know, the, the kid, is, the child is having, you know, treatment. Um, I've got similar stories, um, you know, also the things that we do with our businesses. So when, when our towels get all really nasty and, you know, not nasty, but to, we can't use them for guests anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, I donate them to the local cat shelter um, yeah. or I know other people who donate them to the homeless shelter. So there are things that you can do just to, just to make a little difference. And, and yeah. I just wanted to highlight some of those things as a thought experiment to, you know, like what can you do in your community just to, to make someone's life a little nicer? Hmm. I think that's brilliant. And, and as you say, if everyone does a little bit, that's really effective change, isn't it, across the yeah. world? Yeah. That's huge. And um, you were talking about sharing your values as well, because, yes, we're looking to make money, but money isn't everything. It, it, life, if it's fulfilling, is just massively different, isn't it? That's right. And, and, that, and you can make a lot of money very ethically, and um, you can make a lot of money by also helping other people make a lot of money too. So I have collaborations with other small businesses in my neighborhood. So mm -hmm. I introduce my guests to my favorite local restaurants um, who was again, all small business owners. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, it's lovely because, you know, this is money that my guests were gonna spend anyway. Let them yeah. spend it with, you know, with a mum and dad shop um, rather than with a, you know, a massive corporate chain, so. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's do that. Um, let's help each other out. So, and and also every time I go to various restaurants, they won't like. Don't you pay? You're not allowed to pay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perk. <laughs> That's a perk. Yeah. Oh, but it's very enriching, isn't it? As a yeah. guest to experience that kind of thing. For sure. Yeah. Because sure. guests wouldn't know that. You know, wouldn't know those little like hidden away, hideaway places, and. Mm. Um, and it's good for us too, because we're, we're the foreign family, right? My husband's also Australian. We live in Japan. We yeah. do not look Japanese at all. So <laughs> um, we really try to, you know, give back and, and, and be good community members. Um, and just the neighbours love us, right? And we love yeah. them and they love us. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just how we live our lives. Oh, it's a happy way of living isn't it I think that's huge and I guess things like the pandemic really help us appreciate just being alive and and what we're able to do so I know I think it's amazing that you've come out of that and now although you're not completely opened up yet then you will be and it's all learning isn't it so yep um, 
One of the things that you've mentioned is you have a superpower. And I was going to ask you if you've got any tips or advice for people who are either hosts already or looking to be hosts. So would you like to tell us a little bit about your superpower? Sure. Well, my superpower is really like really identifying your ideal guest and, and giving them the best experience that they can. Um, and when you know your ideal guests, when you've got them clear in your mind, it helps you, uh, it helps you with your profits uh, because you can make good decisions about how to set up your house, how to decorate your house, what amenities to choose, which amenities mm -hmm. that you don't really need. Um, and, uh, and also how to monetize their needs. Hmm. Again, like I said before, this is money that they were going to spend anyway. When you know what your guest needs, you can then build that relationship with the, the other small businesses um, and, you know, create a way for everybody to, uh, you know, to make money. Um, and the thing is, guests, you know, when you've made that relationship with you, they want to spend their money with you. So you've got yeah. that, you know, you've got that sort of circle of trust and, yeah. uh so it's it's a win-win. What's well, a win-win-win, really? Um, so yeah. that's my super, that's my superpower is really, you know, understanding your business as a unique entity and not just the copy of the person's down the road. Because the product that you deliver, the service that you deliver, the experience that you deliver, yeah. is very different from, um, you know, from you know even a place down the street. Uh, and so your place is going to be really suitable for a particular demographic. So understanding those pillars of um, of your business mm -hmm. and uh, just really, you know, making sure that your listing is 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 uh, is attracting the your ideal guests, that you've mm -hmm. got your place set up correctly, um, and uh, that you're really maximizing your profits based on that particular ideal guest. That's my superpower. Awesome. That's my superpower. Well, it's pretty key, isn't it? Because then you're marketing to the right people as well with all your websites and everything. Correct. Because because a lot of people think, oh, I've got to, you know, to get guests, I've got to drop prices. It's like, well, no, if you're if you're if if you're being able to communicate the value that mm. you're offering a guest, then money doesn't come into it because mm. you're exchanging money for value. And mm. it's just being able to communicate that value. And then then people are happy to pay what they perceive as the value that you're offering yeah. so um yeah my superpower is helping people get booked in a busy you know in a busy marketplace without discounting um yeah. i don't think you need to discount i do not think you need to discount so that's my superpower yeah discounting is difficult because where does it end really and yeah that's right. so, it's a race yeah. to the, it's just a race to the bottom and it's and um you know there's you know there's a time there, there are some people who you know who are who are looking for for discount places and that's fine there there are plenty mm. of those you know but it's just a matter of thinking that you don't have to capture everybody you just have to capture the right people who are going to appreciate what you deliver yeah and then they'll share it with other people won't they because they'll be happy who are likely to also be your ideal guest so yeah, yeah. awesome mm. well that's a pretty huge tip and yeah. um, I think, and you've got lots more in your chapter that you share as well. So, thinking about hospitable hosts, the book 
um, what are your thoughts on being part of it? And, um, you know, how did you find it? How are you finding it now? Because it's gone crazy since it was launched. It's gone crazy. Well, it's just, I wish I could be on the, uh, wish I could, you know, because I can't leave right now. Um, <laughs> I can't it's not be fair. It's not fair. <laughs> I want to get everyone's signature. I want, at some point, I want to meet everyone and get everyone's signature in my book, right? In, in my copy. Yeah. Um, that would be fantastic. Um, it's just nice to be, like I said, I'm a, I'm a rare bird here. I'm, I'm like, I'm an Australian woman living in Japan. Um, so it, it's just so nice to find people around the world from all different countries and from all different backgrounds who, who have a real love of hospitality and, and uh, it's, it's, you know, finding kindred spirits all over the world. I know I get a bit sentimental, don't I? Well, no, it's true. It really does resonate. It really does, doesn't it? So, I mean, it's fantastic to be part of it and to meet so many people. And look at all these places we've had to visit. That's <laughs> we right. Know all these places. That's right. Yeah. No, I want to stay in. I'm going to come and stay in some of these places. Like, you know, Jody's place places in the Cotswolds just sound amazing so I know yeah mm. yeah they're yeah. beautiful beautiful places yeah. such a the Cotswolds they are stunning and um yeah the little villages are so gorgeous so yeah mm -hmm. right. well I'll have to meet up with you when you come to the UK then Tracy <laughs> well I'm actually my father's my father was born in Devon so um oh, I've wow. got I've got a lot of family around the west country so Mm. Oh, amazing. I haven't been back for the longest time. No, when you're allowed out of Japan then. Yes, <laughs> it should be soon. It should be soon. So um, it should be soon. Oh, mm. well, look, it's been brilliant to chat with you and I could talk with you for ages longer. But um, could you just share a few parting thoughts about um, short time rentals, the book, anything you'd like to share with everybody? Um. I just think it's always, you know, there's always more than one way to run a business. There is no one right way, no wrong way. And I think the hospitable hosts show that there, you know, even though we have that underlying, um, you know, desire for hospitality, no, no two businesses in that book look the same. And, you know, I always just try to give permission to, you know, to my clients to, to really you know, have the business that suits them and that works for them and that is profitable for them, that is, you know, good use of their time and skills. And, uh, you know, you don't have to look like anybody else. You, you look like you and that's what people buy from people. And, you know, when you're showing your humanity, that's what's going to sell. So. Oh, I love that. That makes me all have goosebumps. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Well, it's true though, isn't it? We are all different. So it's it's really absolutely spot on in the book. No two businesses are the same at all. No. So I love that. Oh, thank you, Tracy. Thank you so much for being on. If people want to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Well, you can find me at uh, tracy-northcott.com dot com um i can drop you if you've got show notes i can drop you the link yeah um yeah. but i'm i'm not hard to find under my name anywhere um i'm not a woman <laughs> of mystery i'm easy to find i have <laughs> i have an instagram i have a blog my blog is completely free um you see the blog post i wrote this week was all about what are the hosting what are the five hosting love languages 
Oh, so, I love the sound of that. I'm going to find that. Yeah, so that's um, uh, so of, of course I completely ripped it off the 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 you know the the love languages for um, couples therapy, but um, yeah. it was all about the the hosting the, the hosting love languages, which is you know is it communication that is your love language? Like, do you give an amazing communication with your guests? Are you personal service? Are you a surprise and delight? Uh, mm. Is it the design that is your love language to guests? Um, or is it the cleanliness and the maintenance? So there are my five love languages. So, um, um, yeah, no, I've also got a follow-up one coming that I'm just sort of finishing off now, and that's the, the guests' love languages. So like identifying that each guest can be giving you love in a slightly different way and give you the tools to make sure that you identify how a guest is giving love back to you. Oh, that's really incredible. That's yeah. fantastic. Such an amazing resource. So yeah, everybody search up Tracy Northcott's blog and we'll put links, um, as you say, in the show notes. So that'd be fab. Well, thank you ever so much. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. So can't wait to meet in person. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So everybody, thanks so much for listening. And you've been listening to Tracy Northcott hospitable host and co-author of the book international best-selling author (laughs) there we go international best-selling authors we both are well done fantastic so thanks everybody and i'll see you next time thanks again tracy thanks sally take care sharing the secrets of success